how do you respond when somebody attacks you or says something mean about you or in some way injures or wounds you? In this episode of The Bible in Life, we're going to look at one of the most distinctly Christian behaviors of all, and it has to do with just that. It has to do with how you respond to personal injuries. Hey friends, I'm glad to be with you again here on the Bible and Life podcast. It is exciting and crazy to me that uh, we're entering into the fall season. This this is already the last podcast of uh, the month of August. Just crazy how fast time is flying. And I'm super excited about uh, the passage we're going to look at today and and the topic that it really addresses, something that is one of the most distinctive behaviors of Jesus followers. But before we jump into that, just wanted to let you know about uh, my Patreon page, which is really the uh, support page for my podcast. And if you're finding great value in this podcast and you want to just support the work, support the ministry, support my Bible teaching work, you can do so on my Patreon page. Uh, you can uh, go to that on the bottom of my website under podcast. There's a place where it says support the show. Go to Patreon. You can click there or you can just go to patreon.com. Search my name, John Whitaker. You can find my page there. And really what my Patreon page is, is uh, a, a chance for you to support this ministry and receive bonus podcasts, receive some bonus material, uh, maybe occasionally some articles and other things I'm putting there that uh, really can be helpful to you if you just want to get a little bit more and if you really find value in this and want to support the work that I'm doing by trying to teach the Bible online in this this way. Um, and the reason I bring that up right now is I'm going to be uploading a, a podcast real soon there on my page that deals with the Sermon on the Mount and discipleship and grace. Uh, different than the last one I, I posted there. There's already one there wrestling with the, the issue of the Old Testament law and Jesus fulfilling that. Well, this podcast that I'm going to be uploading there uh, in the next uh, few days is really wrestling with the topic of if we're saved by grace, do we really have to keep the, the commands of the Sermon on the Mount? Or is the Sermon on the Mount just really teaching us, you know, here's this really high standard you could never live up to the standard, therefore you need grace. I mean, how does the Sermon on the Mount relate to salvation by grace? And how does it fit in with our discipleship? And how do we really understand the Sermon on the Mount in view of the fact that we are saved by grace, our sins are forgiven, we're not saved by works? How does the Sermon on the Mount relate with all that? So special bonus podcast over there on my Patreon page for patrons only, those who are supporting the show. So if you're interested in supporting the show and you want some of that bonus material, go to my Patreon page. Once again, you can find that on my website under podcast, support the show. Go to Patreon or just go to patreon.com and search for John Whitaker and you should be able to find me that way. All right, with that, let's jump into where we're at in the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew 5.38 and we're going to deal with a topic that is very uh, really down-to-earth, everyday life. Each one of us could identify with the subject matter, and yet what Jesus has to say about it is so incredibly challenging uh, and so incredibly uh, powerful 
It is, in fact, one of the most distinctive, unique behaviors of Christians and followers of Jesus. And so we need to hear very closely what Jesus has to say. We need to figure out how to take it to heart. If we really want to embody Jesus' way in this world, we want to live a kingdom-first kind of life. This text, though difficult, powerful, challenging, is very, very crucial and very, very critical. So let's listen to what Jesus has to say here in Matthew 5, 38 and following. Jesus says this. He says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist him who is evil, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your cloak also. And whoever shall force you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and don't turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. What Jesus is dealing with in this, this text is really personal injuries. How do we deal with people who, who wound us, hurt us, uh, or even try to take advantage of us? How do we deal with that in a way that's really according to uh, the wisdom of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus that embodies the surpassing righteousness that he's passing on to us? And so just as he has earlier on in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you've heard this, but I say to you, and he takes an Old Testament teaching and says, but there's a greater, deeper uh, way of, of living that's actually more in accord with your humanity. And so here he says, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, this is a passage in the Old Testament law that's really kind of regulating in their, their legal system, regulating um, retaliation, regulating revenge. Really, it's even regulating criminal punishment in their their situation. It was sort of a law of limitation where um, ancient Near Eastern law codes were, were sometimes so vindictive, so vicious that um, you wound somebody just a little bit and the punishment is just huge. And really, in its original context, what this passage from the Old Testament is saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, is it's limiting that to saying, look, the punishment should match the crime. We shouldn't go crazy with these vindictive, powerful punishments that just are excessive for the nature of the crime. So it's a law of limitation in the Old Testament that was intended to, to really limit the nature of the punishment so that it would match the crime more appropriately. And it really stood out in the ancient Near Eastern world in which it was given originally as very humane, very important in their context. But Jesus wants us to know in our interpersonal relationships, that doesn't... Uh, that doesn't really work. That's not the way God designed us to live. There's a richer way, a greater way, a more Jesus-centered, kingdom-centered way that is totally different. And so you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, and Jesus is going to give a different way. I say to you, don't resist him who is evil. Uh, Talbert and his comments on uh, the Sermon on the Mount there says that word resist is better understood as even retaliate. Don't retaliate against him who is evil. In other words, if somebody is doing harm to you, somebody wrongs you, then Jesus' way is don't retaliate. Don't retaliate. 
And yet, he has even more wisdom than that. He wants it to be deeper than that. We'll see as we go. It's not just don't retaliate. It's actually do good. Don't resist him. Don't retaliate the one who is evil. And then Jesus gives several examples again from his context of, you know, here's just some really concrete ways that might play out. And we need to think this through so we understand what kind of person is Jesus trying to help us to be? So listen to what he says. Don't retaliate. Don't resist him as evil. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is where we get the saying, turn the other cheek, right? Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Uh, what Jesus is getting at in that is uh, really remaining open and vulnerable, don't respond in kind. Don't fight back. Don't retaliate. Don't harden yourself off. You remain open and vulnerable to other people. Don't injure the one who injured uh, you. Um, Jesus isn't even saying, just keep a lid on it. Just keep a lid on it. No, he's saying rather, keep your heart open to people. Um, be a person who remains open and vulnerable. So if someone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to him the other also. And then he says, uh, next example, if someone wants to sue you, and in this case, sue you and take your, your shirt, um, well, let him have your cloak as well. And in their cultural context, your outer garment, your coat or your cloak, your outer garment was like, that's, that could be your blanket at night. If you're a, a poor person, that, that might be your, your really one of your most important possessions because it would keep you warm at night. It would be... Uh, you would use it for a lot of things. So if someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your cloak as well. In other words, what Jesus is saying is you, you have, an, uh, you have a, a genuinely attuned to the needs of others and you're just willing to, to go beyond. Do you need this as well? You, you want my shirt? Well, here, here's my coat as well. If you really need that, you can have that too. Next example, verse 41, whoever shall force you to go one mile, well, go with him too. And again, the Roman soldiers that occupied Palestine in Jesus' day, they, they were legally allowed to conscript anyone at a moment's notice to carry their backpack, carry their load, help them with a project. And so if they should force you to do it one mile, go above and beyond and go too. That you're willing to help and you're willing to say, do you need a little bit more work? I'll help you out. Uh, and then he ends with really the general principle, verse 42, Give to him who asks of you. Don't turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. That you just have this open-hearted, open-handed, generous spirit where you're willing to help. Do you hear how radical what Jesus is saying in this passage? This is Jesus' way for his followers. Um, when it comes to personal injuries or uh, people that want to, to harm you or people that have harmed you, Jesus is saying, look, you be genuinely interested in helping. You be genuinely willing to care for them. This is one of the most distinctive behaviors of Jesus' followers. Um, now, we need to think very clearly and carefully about what Jesus is saying here. Uh, Jesus is simply saying to us, not he's not like even giving laws, like here's the rules and you need to do these things. Because if there are laws that you have to do, just think about it. If these are things you have to do to be a good Christian, you could totally do these things in the wrong spirit. That's fine. I'll turn the other cheek. And you could do it almost snarkily or sarcastically or 
um, if someone wants to sue you and you give them, you could do it with a proud, arrogant heart, right? Um, you could be sarcastic in all of these or kind of snarky in all of the ways you, you embody these. That's not at all what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is more interested in is he's not really giving laws or rules you have to keep. What he's interested in is forming your character so that you have a, a heart that's genuinely like this, where you genuinely want to do good for all people, even the people that it's hard to do good for, even for the people who don't do good to you, that you're just genuinely good-hearted, generous, benevolent, gracious, and you're willing to help. You're willing to care for even people for whom it's very difficult to care for. That's what Jesus really is interested in. And so the examples, don't get lost in the examples. The examples point towards a kind of heart set, a character that is genuinely good, genuinely gracious, genuinely generous and helpful to other people. That's what Jesus is is really calling us to and challenging us to be. Jesus, Jesus can do this with complete credibility. What Jesus wants to form in us is a heart like his, a heart that's full of genuine compassion and grace. And nowhere is that embodied more than, than Jesus on the cross. There's Jesus having been nailed to, to a Roman cross with uh, lead spikes through his wrist, just crushing that, that median nerve in his, his wrist, uh, full of pain. And as Jesus hangs there on the cross, what does Jesus do? Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. There's the spirit of non-retaliation. There's the spirit of uh, generous, gracious compassion that really cares for those who, who even wrong you and wound you. And it's that spirit, that heart that Jesus wants to form in you and in me as his followers. And so when you read this text, you need to hear these examples and then you need to begin to reflect on your own world, your own life and say, all right, I may not have people that are slapping me on the cheek, so I turned in the others, but do I have people that, that have wronged me or that wound me or who at times have said things about me? How can I just remain an open-hearted, generous person, even to them if necessary? Uh, do I have people who at times want to force me to do things? How can I just be genuinely attuned to their needs and be willing to help? Do I have people who have needs and sometimes want to even use, you know, sue or even want to use the legal system or use force to try to get me to give them things? Well, how can I be open-hearted and really care for them? Jesus wants to teach you and teach me. He, he wants to teach us how to be gracious, compassionate, open-hearted people to the people around us, all the people around us, even to people who are difficult to love. And that is completely countercultural. That's completely swimming upstream. It's totally different than the way the world normally works. And that's why this is one of the most unique, distinctive behaviors of Jesus followers. Do you want to let your light shine? Well, here's one of the key ways you're going to do it. You're going to do it as a follower of Jesus by, by turning the other cheek, by giving to him who takes from you, by being generous and kind and not retaliatory. Uh, Dallas Willard, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, commenting on this passage, says this about Jesus' kingdom. In Jesus' kingdom, he says, the presumption is totally reversed. 
from the way it is in normal life. In Jesus' kingdom, the presumption is that I will return good for evil. Uh, I will resist only for compelling reasons. And what he means by that is when other people or other circumstances may make resisting this person the best thing to do for everybody involved. I will resist for only compelling reasons uh, that I will do more than I strictly must in order to help other people and that I give to people merely because they have asked me for something they need. I don't need to be forced. They just ask for something and I give to them. Give to the one who asks for you. Don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. If I'm in a position to help or to, to give, then they've asked and I give. And I don't need to be forced into it because I have a generous uh, spirit. I have an open-handed and open-hearted character willing to help people. That's, that's the surpassing righteousness Jesus wants to lead you into. And you see this all throughout the rest of the New Testament. Jesus' early followers, they got this. This was an important part in their spirituality and the way of life they lived for Jesus. You see it, for example, in Romans 12, where, where Paul says, Look, um, owe nothing, nothing to anybody except the debt of love and do good to people and don't hold a grudge. Don't take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. Trust God to sort out right from wrong and to bring justice someday. You don't take revenge. You do good to people, all people. You see it in First Peter chapter 3 where you don't return evil for evil, but you give a blessing instead. How can you, in your context, with your co-workers, your neighbors, your family members, how can you be the kind of person who, who returns good for evil? who gives a blessing when someone curses you and says wrong things about you. That's what Jesus wants to lead you into. Are you that kind of person? And if not, then how can you begin to spend time with Jesus and let Jesus teach you to be that kind of person? In other words, as we read the Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew 5, 38 and following, am I being the kind of person these illustrations are pictures of? Am I the kind of person who does these sorts of things, who's just generous, who doesn't retaliate, who's actively kind even to people who are actively unkind to me? Jesus was that way, and Jesus wants to make you that way. And the fact is, is when you are that way, it's so much better for everybody involved. There's so much more joy. There's so much more life to be had. Then people's harshness doesn't become harshness in your own heart. And you're taking evil out of circulation because you're repaying good for evil. It's just better for everybody involved. That's what Jesus wants. And that's Jesus' way. So go and be actively kind, actively generous, actively good, even to the people who aren't kind generous or good to you. All right, that's it for this episode of The Bible in Life. Uh, hope that you, this week, embody the spirit of Jesus in all your relationships. God bless you guys, and we will see you next time on The Bible in Life.